What's going on, y'all? Welcome to Orange Weekly. Hey, it's a familiar face. You probably recognize me or at least that voice. This is Ray from The Rager Show, and we're doing something a little bit different this week. So if y'all are one of our podcast followers, one of our dedicated podcast followers, don't worry. This live show will be available for you wherever you get your podcast and you download and you ride with us each and every week. But today we're doing something a little bit special. We're throwing a live Rager show. It's Friday night. We're feeling a little froggy, you know what I mean? We wanted to check out what you guys have going on. So if you're new to the Rager show, here's what we're going to do. It's the Orange Weekly Special, y'all. Y'all know what we're all about. Fans, brews, Broncos news. We're all about making it happen for you all. But in the Rager show, all we're going to focus on tonight is the sports betting elements and the fantasy football implications of our Sunday uh, afternoon game against the Kansas City Chiefs, the snowy game that we have. Again, my name is Ray, Ray, Ray Jers. Y'all got to figure it out here. And I'm always going with my buddy. Y'all know him as Jared. My name, I know him as J-Rock. What's going on, J-Rock? How y'all doing this week? I, I, man, we're doing well. I uh, just got back from a little hiatus, so I'm, I'm happy to be back and having a, a couple beers with you and talking Broncos football and seeing if we can put some more money in our pockets. Heck yeah, man. If y'all haven't been riding with us, man, the Ragers, man, Broncos might be doing all right. Ragers is doing excellent. We have 14, 5, and 2 is our record this year on sports betting, man. And it's cold as hell in Colorado, so I, I, I'm sporting Jared. <laughs> I got my Tukey on today. I learned about this the back toque. in the day. So there's no e on the two, oh, two keys? the two keys just toque it's just oh, you know what we'll get we'll work on it oh, I'm not bad. I'm not bad. it's a beanie with a little ball on top of it that's what i learned about that so this is the toque man and hey man i'm super excited to break down this kansas city chiefs game with you man hey y'all that are chiming in i see 16 18 20 people in here right now a couple of thumbs up hit that like button share button subscribe button and then post your questions, comments, um, any questions that you have in regards to the Broncos, sports betting, how to make some money, do some of those bits and pieces. Start posting your questions now because, you know, Jared, what time is it, man? Uh, I think it's beer 30. Yeah. <laughs> Got it, baby. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Orange Weekly, fans, brews, and Broncos news. That's All right, man. Welcome back, Jared. Man, what you drinking this week, brother? So, so I'm drinking that uh, that Pizza Port Brewing Company. Me and you have had a couple uh, good nights on that Pizza Port Brewing Company. Uh, where I'm drinking the Swami's IPA. Oh, tasty, tasty. I got the Odd 13 Brewing Company. They make one of my favorite beers called Super Fan, but this one's called the Hop Hacking Henry IPA, man. It's tasty, tasty, tasty. So... If this is your first time rolling with us with the Rager show and you're bored on your Friday night, hey, here's what we're going to do. We're going to talk about sports betting. We're going to talk about how to make some money. And again, this year we are 15, oh no, 14, 5, and 2. We have literally been crushing this each and every week. And so we're going to start to break down this Broncos game this week. Um, Again, part of what we're going to do is we're going to do the analysis. Part of what we're going to do, we're going to do some education this week. And part of what we're going to do is we're going to look at some of the fantasy football implications. So before we dive into it, Jared, do we even have a chance this week? Yes, and here's why. Their team is starting to get a little bit injured, and people are starting to figure out how to stop Patrick Mahomes. Now, I'm not going to throw all my money at the game that we're going to win this game. However, I think this is going to be a much closer game. It's it's a, uh, a rivalry game, and both games in the AFC West, and we'll get into this in a little bit, have been very close. If not, they got beat. I mean, they got beat by the Raiders. They had to lose, in, or they won in overtime against uh, the Chargers. Barely won in overtime. So this is an, an AFC West game. 
implications are high. I think this is going to be a much closer game than a lot of people think. And and the interesting thing, and I think one of the, you know, again, what we talk about each and every week is I love trends. And when we talk about sports betting trends, you know, we'd like to think of things like, oh, a team is, you know, five and one and covering the spread in their last six games and some of those bits and pieces. The one game, the one league that I do not love sports betting trends in is in the NFL because what do you say? Like last six games, you know, that could span potentially two seasons and some of those bits of people. Right. But I do, I do want to mention this though. We haven't beat the Kansas city chiefs at home since 2014. That's, I don't even know what year is it now? 2020, man, 2020 crazy, right? You know, but we haven't beat <laughs> six years. I think nine home games or nine, nine appearances against the chiefs, man. Jared, I mean, do you think that that trend continues? Do you think that there's any legitimacy to that trend or is this the type of game that we can start to see that Turner, that, that turn of the corner? All trends need to end somewhere. <laughs> and look, and and here's and here's the thing we're going to get into it. We have the we're tied for the number 1 defense in the league right now. And that's huge. And I think that that's got a huge implication on on going forward. And if anything's going to change that, it's going to be 2020. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't think it happened in 2020 right now, right? Hopefully it'll screw up this trend for sure as we're looking into this week. So, here's what we're going to do. We're going to start to break down this matchup this week, but I want to keep something in mind right now. Kansas City Chiefs, Raiders. Raiders beat the Kansas City Chiefs, but I think Jared and I would both agree the Raiders are probably two or three steps ahead of the Broncos when it comes to the offensive firepower that they have, the offensive weapons, the continuity that they have on the offensive side. Chiefs and Raiders. I'm sorry, Chargers and Chargers and Chiefs played pretty darn close. I would say that the Chargers defense is a very comparable defense to the Broncos defense. Great edge rushers, young defensive crew. Got some continuity on the defensive side. The strength of their team is on the defensive side. So as we start to break this down, I have a question for you, Jared. Are we going to play them defensively like the Chargers play the Chiefs defensively? Or are we going to play them offensively like the Raiders play the Chiefs offensively? Which one is more likely of those two? This is definitely more likely we're going to play them defensively like the Chargers played them defensively. Defense is our, is our key. Offense is the Raiders' key, and they just stuck with that. We're, we're going to need to stop Patrick Mahomes, and that's that's – Plain and simple, that's what's going to end up happening, and we're that's where we're going to have to stop them. Um, I, I think I think the offense is going to have their fair share of shots because this Kansas City defense isn't very popular. They're not do, they're not doing very hot. I mean, obviously the Kansas City offense is quick scoring, so they're on the field a lot. But uh, I think we're going to play them very very defensively. So when we're talking about the score, and I'm sure you're going to get into this, I think it's going to be a lot lower than a lot of people think. Awesome. Yeah. So yeah, I, I totally agree. We're going to, we're going to have to go strength on strength and red cloud. Hey man, it's always good to see you brother. Thanks for chiming in. Um, we're going to get to the drew lock comparison and how we think he's going to play against the Kansas City chiefs, but let's start with this jerk. We always like to think of position group versus position group and kind of how those plays let's go to the outside. Um, little tidbit here. I think the, the chiefs have given up at least 20 points in every game this year, except for, I think against the, um, the bills on last the Monday bills. night. So clearly they're susceptible on the outside and susceptible to giving up points. What do our wide receivers look like against their cornerbacks? And do we have any sort of edge in that world? In that world? So the answer is yes. And it de- a lot of this depends on whether or not AJ Boye comes back. But even if he doesn't, our corners have been playing very, very well. Yep. Uh, um, Michael Ojemudia has yep. been actually playing pretty decent. 
Um, he's yeah. been doing pretty well against their offense. Um, and let's look at their offense. Uh, I mean, right, they have Tyreek Hill, obviously, who's big over yeah. the top. Uh, Travis Kelsey is going to be an issue. We've always had an issue with covering tight ends, and it hasn't yeah. changed too much this year. But their outside guys, Robinson and Hardman, have not been able to step up. Um, and, and I think they're, they're going to be a one-trick pony as long as we can cover those two big receivers. You know, yeah. their speed over the top and, and Tyreek Hill and then Travis Kelsey. I think we have a pretty good chance of this. As far as corners on wide receivers, that Denver has Denver has the best matchup. Cool, love it. And then let's flip the script the other direction here, and we think about the Judys and the Tim Patrick. Tim Patrick coming over, coming off a of back-to-back hundred-yard receiving games, um, looking like a, a, a star over there. Listen, Broncos, listen, John, how you done messed up everything else in the last couple of years about these things? Sign Tim Patrick right now. To like a three-year, $15 million deal, man. Tie up that dude. That dude could seriously be our number two wide receiver for years to come. He's not going to hit that free agent market. He's a restricted free agent after this year. Just freaking sign Tim Patrick for the record. All right. Soapbox. <laughs> Let's talk about our boys. We got Judy. We got Tim Patrick. I think KJ Hamler is supposed to make his return. Should be week. coming back. What does it look like against the Kansas City Chiefs secondary? I know that the probably their safeties are probably their strength. But what do the cornerbacks look like there? Yeah, so their cornerbacks uh, aren't doing terrible, but uh, Charvarius Ward, I believe it's pronounced, um, is playing pretty well on the outside. He's going to be against our one. He's going to be against Judy, and that's just – they're going to follow him. They're going to go against Judy. Breland has been having a really, really rough season. Bashad Breland has been having a rough season, and I think that's showing in these – kind of higher scoring games that you're seeing against all these other teams. So I think what's going to be big about this is going into – our receivers having a good matchup. Their safeties aren't doing very hot either, right? So their safeties sure. are Thornhill and, and uh, the, honey the Honey Badger. badger. Yep. yep. So mm-hmm. the Honey Badger. And he hasn't been having a great season either. 56, 56 rating on Pro Football Focus. Yeah. So, um, you know, the over-the-top stuff, the big plays, they've been giving them up. And uh, as you saw last week, which I'm, again, with Drew Locke back, I think this is a huge part for this Kansas City game. Drew Locke is not afraid to throw those deep balls. Nope. And not afraid to let the receivers make the play. And I, I think that's a huge part about this game specifically. Yeah, and, and little teaser here. Last week, we took Drew Locke over 220 yards passing. That dude had 10 completions for 180-plus yards. And I think we could both sit here and probably point out three or four major drops that happened through the game. The interesting thing about that, though, like second play of the game was like a 45-yard bomb down the sideline. And I'm going to do a little quick teaser on the Ragers. The over-under on the longest pass pass play last week was 20.5 yards for Drew Locke. Smoked it on the second play of the game. So um, I think that that's an interesting thing. And it was an interesting thing for me to notice. We get into the red zone. We get close. And it just seems like we were just taking the kill shot every single time. I'm curious to see if Drew Locke's completions will go up here a little bit. But I do like to hear that there's a little bit of an advantage for us on the outside. All right, let's start to bring the game inside a little bit here. We got Melvin Gordon goes off for 100 yards, gets a little frogging on a mon- on a Sunday night. You know, takes a little bit too many odd 13s to the dome. Melvin <laughs> has strep. I, I know that in my world called hungover, but we'll deal with that in a different way. Um, he goes off for 100 yards. The next weekend, Look. take Philip Lindsay last week, he goes off for 100 yards. Talk to me about the run game, Broncos run game against the Kansas City Chiefs defensive against the defense against the run. Do we got 100 yards combined in our – let's not even figure out who's going to get the 100 yards. Do we have a 100-yard week this week combined rushing? Absolutely. Uh, and there's two scenarios that play out here. Either it's a close game and we end up having to run the ball to take the time because we're going to be uh, having a close game and we have to clock control. Or they're going to go up or they're going to be able to quick score and we're going to have the ball a majority of the time. So, sure. And that being said, I think our – 
everybody here, probably everybody watching, you guys can all agree, our run game is our, our key. Our key is our run game, and I think that's going to keep up this Perfect. week, and I don't think it's going to be any difference. They do have a pretty stout run defense, and I do think that uh, Andy Reid is going to defensive game plan against us and against the run but uh, like just like the Patriots concept I think it's going to turn out very similar to what we saw in the Patriots game and and if we think about last week to the Patriots game I think one of the biggest things that happened for us offensively were those sustained drives it seemed like we could move the ball between the 20s 6 8 10 12 play drives of course, I think I saw somebody earlier, I think Red Cloud kind of mentioned it there, of course. Or, or Mike, I see here over here, are we going to have any more field goals this time or what's the deal with the field goal situation here? Of course, we saw long sustained drives. Of course, McManimal just hitting off for six or seven uh, field goals on that <laughs> game. I'd love to see those touchdowns. But that's sustainability on those drives. You know who that keeps off the off the field? Kept Cam Newton off the field. Hopefully keeps uh, Patrick Mahomes off the field. I love that. Now, we get 100 yards rushing right now. Melvin Gordon is sitting here at about 55, 58 yards projected this week. Now, here's the interesting thing, and I think this is where this kind of insight and why Ragers is 14-5-2 this year is because if you know the nuances compared to the general public, they see Melvin Gordon coming back. They see Melvin Gordon, the $15 million man. They see Melvin Gordon, all of these things. I have my guess back here of what you're going to say. Who gets more carries on Sunday? Uh, Philip Lindsay. Yeah. Philip Lindsay is absolutely going to get more carries. I mean, we are six and zero when Philip Lindsay rushes for over hundred yards, and that is got you have to look at that. I mean, you're looking at the the money ball here, and that's where the money ball is. You give that guy the you give that guy the ball, and he's going to get hundred yards. We're winning the game. You have to feed Philip Lindsay. I, I, I'm I'm with you, Jared. I think if we look at the spread when it comes down to Sunday afternoon when it's about 6.30, um, potentially licking our wounds after a beating, I have no idea. We'll, we'll, we're just teasing that here for a second here. I think Philip Lindsay's probably looking at 15, 17 carries, and I bet Melvin Gordon's more in the 8 to 12 carry range. The line has not posted yet, but I'm going to tease a rager right now. If Philip Lindsay is anywhere in the 40s, 40 or less, 49.5 yards or less projected rushing yards this week, smash it. Smash that line. You can follow me on OW Ragers at Twitter. That's Twitter. That's OW, like is in Orange Weekly Ragers. You can follow me there. I will post some live videos and some live tweets there on game day as soon as I see the lines come live. They have not posted Philip Lindsay's line. But again, I think Jared and I are on the same page. I think we got about 100 yards on our team. I do not like Melvin Gordon at the 55-yard mark that he's projected at right now. I do not like that at all. But, again, we're playing against Vegas. We're playing against the general public. And I think we're going to see Philip Lindsay's line come out at about 39 to 42 yards this week. You're going to smash that. If you need a, a little promo for FanDuel or D DraftKings, you hit me up, man. I'll send you a promo for a $50 free bet. <laughs> and then let's smash that Philip Lindsay line because it's going to be really, really huge, I think, for this, this week. All right, give me the situation with our tight end crew. We got um, Drew Locke's boy from Mizzou, right? What's his name? They're not Oja Moody. I think they're just calling him AO, right? I don't even know. No, how no, no. It's it's Okawebanam. Okawebanam. Thank you, AO. I'm gonna just call him AO, right? We got AO from uh, from Mizzou. You know who just clearly Drew Locke had an affinity for him. It seems like Noah Fan is still on the injury report, but most likely trending to be yes. What is the situation with the tight ends, and do we have any advantage there? If if 
Noah Fant can play, and you know, I just listened to. I didn't get a chance to be on the pre uh, pregame podcast this week. If you go listen to David and Matt, get a little uh, selfless plug here on the pregame podcast, and they mentioned this: if Noah Fant and Okawebanam can play, and we can get them both in the field at the same time with Lindsay in the backfield, you have no idea what the play call is. And right. this is something that a lot of people have been worried about um, looking at in-game play calling. You have two very good pass-catching, very good uh, blocking, for the most part, uh, tight ends, and one of the greatest, you know, one of the best running backs in the backfield. And I, I yeah. think if you have both those on the field and a good running back, you got to look at every every aspect, and that opens up so many things. So if both of those can be healthy, I don't know which one's going to get more looks. Obviously, with Noah Fant out, you saw Okawebanam getting yeah. all the looks. Oh, if huh. not, probably some looks he probably shouldn't have gotten. And, and, um, he probably should have caught, you know, including and a couple. He probably should have caught. He could have had his first touchdown in his first game in the NFL, but he right. kind of slipped through his hands. Um, but obviously, these are rookie rookie stumbles. I mean, we have a really, really young team, really young core on offense, and that's what you're going to see. So, if we have both Noah Fant and Okawebanam playing, it's going to be very difficult to see that line because I don't know who's going to be getting more of the snaps. Obviously, Noah Fant's more established, and I think that's where that's going to go. I, I agree. And Noah Fant, again, I've said it a thousand times on the Raiders show. We've cashed on Noah Fant basically every single week that he's played um, this year. Noah Fant has the number one yards after the catch of any tight end in the NFL since he started in the league. I see Noah Fant. His line is not out yet. One of the one of the disadvantages of doing the show on Friday night is we want to make sure that you guys have enough time to make sure you place your bets and do some of your research and digest this content, but not all the lines come out. Oftentimes, they don't come out till late Saturday or first thing Sunday morning. So, again, OW Ragers at Twitter. But I, I see Noah Fant at about a 45-yard game, and I see Okawebanon at about a 35-yard game. I think I like about 85 yards between our two tight ends. If Noah Fant is healthy and he's playing – if he's anywhere in the 30s on uh, your fantasy or, or your fan duel or your DraftKings, please smash that bet. I think he's good for 40, 44 yards this week. If he's in the 40s, I'm going to stay away this week only because coming off of the injury, we see Okawebanon having some significant impact on the passing game. I'm going to just, I don't know what that split's going to look like. I'm going to stay away this week, but I think fans good for 45. 40, 45 yards this week, without a doubt. You're going to mark that on that Rangers category. So here's how it works. We're going to check in every single week. couple things. When this line opened up last week, when you saw this line opened up, plus 10. The Broncos came out as 10-point dog underdogs. Broncos whoop up on the, on the New England Patriots, and that line has moved all the way down to plus 7.5. Let me tell you a couple things here, though. 75 plus percent of the bets that have been placed right now um, in Vegas and all the bets and all those apps right now, those are right now currently being placed on the Chiefs. The other thing about this, what we're always looking at here, is 80 plus percent of the cash is also being placed on the Chiefs right now. The Chiefs at seven and a half. Broncos, I see somebody, I think uh, I think somebody, uh, let me see in here in the, in the chat line here, I think somebody mentioned that it's going to be the snowball here. Uh, Red yep. Cloud, thank you, brother, on the snowball here. Do you like the Broncos at a seven and a half underdog? Are the Chiefs going to beat the Broncos by less than seven points this week, or are they beating them by more than seven points this week? <laughs> okay, so first of all, you're not giving me an option for the Broncos to win. But uh, second of all, <laughs> oh, okay. second of all, no, they're it's 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 going to be less than seven points. Again, these AFC West we talked about at the beginning of the show. These AFC West games are going to be close, and that's what it's going to come down to. And I think it's going to be a close game in the snow. Um, you know, obviously they they just picked up uh, what's his name from the Jets that uh, released yeah, him. Uh, Le'Veon Bell. 
Le'Veon Bell, uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, having fantasies, doing pretty good things as a rookie. He's doing some great things. But they haven't played in the, in the snow yet. And honestly, a lot of our young rookie guys haven't either. So it's going to be interesting to see. But you know who has? Philip Lindsay, yep. uh, Melvin Gordon, uh, both those guys. Okay, all these, The whole offensive line has all played in the snow before. So I think that's going to be the big difference. Uh, depending on how much snow we get uh, you know, this weekend, um, yeah. I think that's going to be a big thing. But I, I, I'm just riding on this is an AFC West game. All these games have always been close. Yes, we haven't beat them in a long time, but they've always been close games, I think, except for maybe one or two. And right. I don't think there's going to be any difference. And, and, you, and, and we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, this concept here. Whenever we see lines that kind of pair together, right? We have the over-under set at 44 points right now. So that's where the over-under is set for this week. We also see a, a pretty heavy favorite in the Chiefs sitting around, you know, seven and a half and eight point favorites. What we're saying is Vegas likes it at over at over under 44. So let's just let's roll with 44 as the game total there. In order to cover the spread, that means that Chiefs are winning 30 to 20. Or no, I'm sorry, not even there. Like probably 28, 14, somewhere in that range. So right. when you think about these really low-scoring, huge spread games, I think that tends to favor the underdog who doesn't – Vegas doesn't view uh, this being an enormous blowout, clearly, or the over-under would not be set at 44. It would be set at a different number there on that. Another interesting factoid, and here's how we get – this is where the knowledge bombs come into play here. <laughs> the over-under for the Broncos is set at 18 points this week. Okay. So for that to be true, you combine that with the eight-point underdog kind of score there, and you combine that with the under over-under for the game here at an 18-point underdog. That's assuming – or 18 points is what we're seeing um, for the Broncos line, right? So we're, we're, our, our projection is to be at 18 points. You you add that eight-point layer of the, of the spread on top of that, and then you take where the Kansas Chief Chief line – Clearly, those numbers are not adding up to the 44. I think it's slightly favoring the Broncos right now at the plus 7.5. I think that's why we've seen the line move from plus 10 to plus 7.5. I will say, though, if the line moves below 7, I think think the Chiefs are the smart money at this point in time. I'm staying away. I'm staying away at this point in time. We haven't won a game since 2014. Patrick Mahomes, he could be – you know, his two touchdown average schmo, or he could be the MVP front runner. It depends on what's happening there. I don't like the way that the weather's playing out. I don't like some of the factors. I'm staying away from the game lines this week, but that's okay. That's not where we make our money anyways. We'll talk about where we make our money here in just a couple of seconds. But Jared, what are your general thoughts about just kind of the 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 the, the projection of the score, the over-under? I know you said it's going to be a low-scoring game. We got the snow. What do you think? What's your what's kind of your gut on the on the overall game play? <laughs> So, so here's the thing. First of all, I want to point out that anytime I go against your Ragers, I end up losing. So, I just for the record, uh, I need to just, I just need to ride the Ragers for the rest of the season. <laughs> but I honestly, I know you stayed, a, you want to stay away from this, uh, this line right here. But I, <laughs> I want to stay on this line. I think, I think the Broncos with seven and a half points or eight points, I think on uh, DraftKings right now is the smart bet in a snowy game, in an AFC West game, in a game. That um, you know, we have we are tied for the number one defense in the league, and I don't think that's going to change much with all the injuries. We have a bunch of people coming back from injury on the defense. AJ Boye being a huge yep. one of them. Yep. Uh, a couple of our in- internal defensive line guys to to stop the run in a snowy game. I think yep. that's a huge, huge impact to this game. I'm taking the Broncos to beat the spread. 
Yeah, and, and again, you know, I, th- I think uh, the, the, the numbers would definitely say that that's projecting that way, so I, I don't disagree with that play at all. All right, but let's talk about some numbers here that, I, I, that I'd like to toy with you all. Um, we talked about this. First half, over under the number of field goals that the Broncos make. Jared, how many field goals are the Broncos making in the first half this week? Uh, we're making two field goals in the first half. Perfect. I love it. Let's take this. First rager this week that I'm going to sign, field deliver. And we've talked about this in the past. Great push potential right now. But the over-under on the number of field goals this week for the first half of the game is set at one. Okay, That means if McManimal puts one field goal in, it's a push. We don't win any money, but we don't lose any money. But if the McManimal makes two field goals in the first half right now, it's sitting on FanDuel at plus 150. So you're getting a time and a half on your money right now. It's a safe bet. It's a, it, it's, a, it's a bet that makes a lot of sense for me personally. Again, we see the Broncos being able to move the ball between the 20s, but we don't see a lot of stuff happening outside of the 20s. Manimal had like 19 field goals last week, so I think this is a safe bet for us. Um, we're playing for the push. This is sort of a, a, a low risk with a little bit of upside here, which I really, really like. I like over one field goal in the first half. Jared, if I were to give you a bet here, Judy or Tim Patrick, who has more receiving yards this week? Tim Patrick's gonna. Ooh, that's tough. I say I say Tim Patrick continues with his uh, his performance and has more receiving yards, unless and this is gonna this is a huge unless. Uh, there's if if. if Tim Patrick doesn't have the most receiving yards because it's a big play. I think Jerry Judy is capable of, of breaking off a big play, but I think Tim Patrick's going to get more targets, and I think he's going to get more looks, and that and in turn is going to get more yards. Yeah, interesting thing here. This is the first week we've seen this all season long. Tim Patrick's projected yards are higher than Jerry Judy's. What this has done, though, is it's pushed Jerry Judy down. We've seen him as high as an over-under of 60 throughout the year. It has pushed Jerry Judy down to 44 yards this week. I love, 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 love this bet right here. And I'll tell you why. A couple things here. Going into the week last week here, Jerry Judy was number one in receiving yards when it came to AFC worst route or, or rookie wide receivers. He was number one at like 285 receiving yards uh, going into the week last week. Tim Patrick is no longer a secret, right? He's like, ah, okay, cute, Tim Patrick. You had a 100-yard game. Congratulations. Oh, shit, you've had two 100-yard games in a row. I think that's going to give a little bit of extra attention to Tim Patrick. I like the 47 yards. Tim Patrick has big playability. I'm going to take Jerry Judy, though, this week over 44 yards because he has averaged, I think, um, through the first four weeks, he was averaging like 52 yards a game through those weeks. I know he had a little bit of a downtick last week. It doesn't seem like him and Drew Locke are quite on the same page quite yet, but you're right, Jared. He's got home run capability, home run power. He's sitting right now at 44 yards this week. Um, the over-under on uh, on Drew Locke to his yards this week is like 228, so it's even an uptick, like about 15 yards more than it was last week. I think they're going to expect some yardage here. I'm going to take Jerry Judy over 44.5 yards that's what I love. The Rager this week is that guy right there. Or Jerry Judy over 44.5. If you like Tim Patrick, he's at 47.5. He's not that much further ahead. I think he's a decent play for you this week. Um, and I see some people mentioning about some uh, some fantasy lineups. I would play either one of them. I think that they are um, a wide receiver three to wide receiver with wide receiver two upside. Either one of those guys this week. Jared, I got a fun one for you. 
Who scores a touchdown? Do, do, wait, hold on. Let me ask you a question. Do the Broncos score a touchdown this week? Yes or no? Yes, absolutely. Uh, I think we learned our lesson. I think the Kansas City Chiefs defense is just the defense to do it against, and I think that's what's going to happen. Uh, and on your second question, I'm going to follow up before you even ask it because you were asking it earlier. Uh, I think um, Philip Lindsay scores at least one touchdown. Touchdown, <laughs> Lindsay, right there, Darren. You read my mind. If if, if us two dumb dumbs are thinking the same exact thing, <laughs> definitely taking that bet. This is the first kind of big dog rager that we put out with some serious, serious odds. Philip Lindsay is right now, he's sitting at plus 285. Again, for the betting public, if you're not used to this sort of process here, let's start with big numbers. If you bet 100, plus 285 means that you're going to win $285 back. So you're going to net a total of $385. So if you bet $10, you're going to win $28.50 back here. I also like Philip Lindsay to be an anytime touchdown scorer this week. I'm assuming the Broncos are getting in. It's no weirder than hell. And both you and I believe that Philip Lindsay is going to get the lion's share of the carries this week. I think the kid deserves them. If the Broncos get in the end zone, Philip Lindsay is going to be the one that scores that touchdown. Philip Lindsay to score a touchdown at any point in time this week is plus 285. Touchdown. Cash it. Cash them. Broncos, whatever way we're going to do right there. So, <laughs> thank you to score, baby. I love that right now uh, this week. So, right now, again, we love over over, over one. We're, we think we're going to get two field goals this week. Again, the line set right now at one. So, if you hit one field goal, then we, we've got that cash right oh, there. One? Oh, yep. There you go. Thanks, Sheriff, for changing that up there. Yeah, Jared exactly. Judy, over 44.5 yards receiving. I think that's a great line for us. And we both like uh, – Philip Lindsay to score a touchdown this week is that right now sitting at plus 285 yards. Dana, I'll jump in on your question here in just a few minutes here. Drew Locke is sitting at 225 yards passing. Yes, no, maybe so. Pass, hard pass. What do you got there, Joe? Uh, what was it? What was the line? Two. 225 yards this week. 225. So let me tell you this. So last week we took Drew Locke over. We lost on it. And that was at what? 220 ish. 218. Yep. That's what it was. Like. <clears throat> 218. Yeah. So we're looking at it. He didn't break 200. And a lot of it was because of drops. If. If we're talking about a snowy game this week, I believe that we're going to hit the run game hard. I don't like that line. I, I'm with you as well. I do not like this line. However, and I haven't seen this line come out yet again, OW Ragers on Twitter here. Last week, there was a line that the longest completion for the Broncos was set at like 20.5 yards. I like anything in the 20s this week. So, I think the Broncos are all in on this home run potential. I don't know. That's what they're all about here. I'm going to take Drew Locke to complete a pass that's over 30 yards, 29.5 yards. I love that right there. I'm going to let you know when this happens again on OW Ragers on Twitter right there. You can hit us the follow button up there, over there, over there, depending on how you're looking at your screen. Hit that button, and then I'll show you on Sunday. I'll, I'll put some couple tweets out there for you all to digest for the betting public this week. So, um. That, that's how I see the game playing. I think Jared, Jared is nailed on the head. Snowy game, heavy Phillip Lindsay. Try to keep it close. Keep Mahomes off the field. I don't like the Broncos line this week. I do like a couple of nuanced lines here sprinkled in. Again, we're going to take a look at Phillip Lindsay to score. We're going to look at Phillip Lindsay's yards as we're rolling into this. And then we're going to just take a look to see what the longest completion is for the game. Because, again, Drew Locke, 10 completions, 180-plus yards, four or five drops. I, I, I think I like a long bomb happening at some point in time this Absolutely. week jared fantasy implications this week let's talk through them real quickly here 
Number one running back, who's your number one wide receiver? Who's your number one tight end? Because now we have controversy at all three of those positions now, right? We, right. we have split carries at the right running back position. We have split receptions at the wide receiver position. And now we got OAO coming in here and, and, and acting like he's going to be the starter over fans. So I just want you to think, at the end of this week, when we look at the fantasy lineup here, who's got the most fantasy points for a running back? Who's the Bronco with the most wide receiver fantasy points? And who's the Bronco with the most tight end fantasy points at the end of this week? So we talked about the wide receivers, so I'll start there. And everyone knows I'm, you know, Ray went on a little bit of a uh, uh, sidebar there about uh, signing Tim Patrick because we absolutely need to keep him. I'm I'm going with Tim Patrick. I'm riding the Tim Patrick train and I'm going to ride it until it's dead. So I'm going to ride with the Tim Patrick train. I think he gets, he's the best fantasy in, uh, in fantasy this week. Uh, because not only, especially if you're in a PPR league, I think that PPR is going to play big. Judy has the big over-the-top potential, but yep. I think Tim Patrick's going to get the more targets. Um, wide receiver, I'm looking – or sorry, with running back, I'm looking at Philip Lindsay. We talked about it. Yep. Philip Lindsay is going to be getting the lion's share of the carries, and he better be getting the lion's share of the carries, or I'm going to be mad, and I think a lot of Broncos country is going to be mad uh, because he has the ability to get first downs, and he has the tenacity to get where he needs to be. So Philip Lindsay is the play there. As far as tight end, this is this is whew, this is an up in the air. Yep. I, I this is an interesting one, and I I you know before watching last week's game, I would have said Noah Fant's number one. Don't even question it. He's obviously doing very well, but yep. the amount of times that Drew Locke targeted Okawebenam last last week has me a little. I mean, excited as a Broncos fan, but as a fantasy player and as a better. It has me a little scared. Right. I don't know where he's going to go with the ball at tight end. I don't know who's going to be playing at tight end. I think they're going to try to the two, two, like I said, two tight end set again. As a Bronco fan, I love it because it opens up a lot of things. But as a, as a fantasy player, as a better, it kind of questions a lot of what you're looking at. Yeah, absolutely. And there's a couple of interesting questions that come in here about about potentially dr- trading Drew Lock. And I think Red Cloud kind of mentions here about the next few games about Drew Lock and whether or not he's going to put up and. Here's the interesting thing, right? If you look at the waiver wire, Broncos just signed Missouri's running back, back the guy that used to play with Drew Locke, Oak Wabanon. And I, if I'm messing this up, somebody put it in the comments, but I'm pretty sure that's the Mizzou guy, right? That came from yeah. the same school that Drew Locke, you know, is that? So- yeah, the Oak Wabanon, yeah, he played in Mizzou. Yeah. They're, they're in on Drew Locke. Drew Locke is going nowhere. I'm, I'm just letting you all know that right now. Drew Locke is our guy. Clearly, um, I mean, the tank for Trevor or whatever the, the saying is that the Jets already – 10 pages ahead of everybody on because they suck the jeets, man. They're terrible. Um, but, uh, and if I was Trevor Lawrence, I'm just staying. I'm, I, Clemson is cool, man. I'm going to go for a national championship next year. I'm, cool. <laughs> I'm passing on that hard pass, baby. Um, I think, I think they're all in on Drew Locke right now. I can't wait to see what this guy has to do. But listen, Drew Locke, if you're listening, which I doubt you are, but just in case you're listening, man, put the damn ball in the end zone. Good right. night. We get, we listen. I can guarantee you this right now. Go ahead, Jared. Yeah, what's your I, 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 He's been he put the ball in the end zone at least two to three times last That's week. True. That's I, true. I, I, he put the ball in, uh, in the only place the receiver could catch it, and they didn't catch it. Yes. So we have that going for him. That is true. And, and I guess maybe, maybe my critic, my only criticism of the game last week is it, it, it's third and six from the 25-yard line. We're just on the edge of the red zone, and we're hitting – just get a first down. Let's keep the Get the first down. Go through your reads. So often – we were just hitting just bomb, 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 and just trying to get that that home run shot, which I think is great, great for our Ragers. Um, but I'd love to see that chains moving a little bit more often. Here, I can tell you this right now. If the Broncos don't score a touchdown this week, they're going to get their asses kicked by the Kansas City Chiefs. We cannot kick six field goals. Now, if the Broncos get in the red zone or get into the Kansas City Chiefs territory six times and come out with three touchdowns, you know what? Both you and me, Jeremy, we're going to have a hell of a time next week having a fun <laughs> time talking about how the Broncos are – 
three and three and type of shit and going to be making the playoffs and the Kansas City Chiefs are trash. So, um, right. Anything else for the good of the order, brother? Uh, look, I, I, on that Drew Locke comment, a lot of people are saying it. he's, he's played eight games. He is not even, he's about halfway through a full season right now. We have to let it ride and look at it from the beginning of the season to the end of the season. We have a new offensive coordinator who you can tell these plays are getting more creative. They're getting better. We're looking, we're looking a lot more smooth, a couple drops here and there, but that can be corrected as far as the play calling. I think it's going well. That's what I'm looking forward to this coming week. And I, I think this is a this is a big game for the Broncos. If we get shut out, we're going back to the talk. Everyone's going back to the talk. Oh, we're trash. We have all these injuries. This is terrible. But if this is a close game, not yeah, just a – we don't I have agree. to win it. If this is a close game, we are in it. And we are not out of the running for anything because Kansas City Chiefs are favored heavily to win the Super Bowl again this year. Right. So – you know, we're playing against one of these top teams and we can keep close. That's what we're looking at. And we're, we have a good team. And we, again, tied for the number one defense league. You can win, you can win games that way. And I promise you the year that we won the Super Bowl when Peyton Manning was basically limping in with the worst quarterback rating of all active starters. I mean, we made, we made it happen that year. Um, couple of quick programming notes that I want to make sure that we mention here. Jared nailed it right on the head. If the, if the chief, if we play them close, I think we call this a win. I think we have a couple of winnable games. Dude, don't quote me. I'm going to screw this up. But I think we got the Falcons and the Chargers the next two weeks here after this week here. So I think we have some very winnable games. I think we can definitely be looking at a four and four record um, as we as Jared's pulling it up right here. So I think even yeah. if we lose this week, um, we got the Falcons, we got the Chargers. I think both of those games are very winnable games. Um, or I might have those backwards. I can't remember. 100%. So we have we have Falcons next week. Yeah. Uh, sorry, we have, no. Sorry, we have Chargers next week, then Falcons, okay. then Raiders, then Dolphins. Okay. So, you know, we have we have a great streak of games that we could potentially be a, you know, three out of four of those games seem like very winnable games. The other programming note, um, RIP Colorado. I know that half of Colorado is on fire. The plan was for us to actually be in Blackhawk this weekend, broadcasting OW Ragers. The fires in Colorado have created. A, a tremendous panic. If you are impacted by the fires, man, our hearts are out to you and your families as you're going through that. But I know that Central City and Blackhawk has become a hub, a safety hub for a lot of the evacuated families. So we have chosen not to be out there this weekend. Our plan is to be out the, the Saturday and the Sunday before Thanksgiving break. So I don't even know what that is uh, this week, but if we're looking at the calendar here, if you want to just hang out, you want to come down and spend some money, hit the blackjack tables and bet some bets with me this weekend, I, we're looking at the weekend of the 21st and the 22nd of November. So that is the weekend that we are looking to be out at Blackhawk. We will be broadcasting OW Ragers. We'll be checking out some things. We'll be placing some bets. So if you want to come out to the Red Dolly, the Isle, some of those places down there that we're going to be betting, It'll be a hell of a good time right there. And I'm still trying to figure out how to convince Jerry to come out here, although I know he's moving in the midst of all this craziness. Right <laughs> I got to go move to the middle of the desert. Yeah, uh, yeah, that'll yeah. be the Dolphins game. That'll be the Dolphins game Perfect. by the, for the record. So the Dolphins game is what we're looking at here. Maybe two yeah, – I guess two will be the start at that point in time. So, again, one field goal in the first half. I love that bet right there because, it's again, it's a, it's a low-risk, high-reward bet if they get to the two field goals here. I love Jerry Judy over – 44.5 receiving yards. We love Philip Lindsay to score a touchdown. And we got a couple of maybes happening that we will make sure that we tweet out on OW Ragers. Hey, Jared, man, you got anything for the good of the order, brother? No, I, th- I think we're good. Uh, I think we said it all. And I think uh, let's let's make some more money, man. Yeah, hey, man. And listen, that's all we've done is made money this year, man. Dana, Red Cloud, a handful of y'all that are hanging with us. Uh, Jose, Robert. Jose, I appreciate it. Hey, oh, Jose. All right, man. We love y'all. Thanks so much. We will make sure... 
We'll make, sure this on your, uh, we'll make sure this is on your podcast, and then we'll check in. Hey, if you like this live show, make sure you hit that like button, hit that subscribe button. We are Orange Weekly Fans Brews Broncos News, and I'm pretty sure this is called a Tukey. Tukey. There's no, there's no E. You know what? I'll ask my Canadian wife, and we'll just go over it from there. Yeah, hey, cheers, Jared. <laughs> See you next week, brother. Yeah, cheers. Orange Weekly, fans, brews, and Broncos news.